Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Boss Rush Games Book Club, Volume 2. I am your host this time around, Corey Deerig, and alongside me is that retro code, Eddie V. Hello, everybody. And the wise Wisconsinite, Mr. Hair to the Nose, Jesse Douglas. How's it going, everyone? The front, of, the front of your hair just looks like you could pull it down and tie it to your yep. ear at some point. But did you just like get your hair cut like a few days ago? Well, yeah, but I left the length because I've been growing it out. No, like I, I did where like I shaved it completely on the yeah, side, side. And, and then left my, so it's just hanging because like my He's going to put product so... in it and become the, the Wisconsin hipster. That's going to be his new, his new <laughs> nickname. <laughs> yep. <laughs> swapped over to the side uh yeah so okay so we are a little late on this uh 99.9 percent .9 my fault for not finishing the game on time but uh our book club episode this week is tomb raider definitive edition uh i forgot how much i forgot about this game Um <laughs> uh, so, uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition came out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on January 14, uh, January 28th, 2014, developed by Crystal Dynamics, uh, and then additional work for the uh, HD versions of the game, quote-unquote. Uh, the, the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions were done by Nixus Software and United Front Games. Uh, this is the first game in the... Uh, reboot trilogy that Crystal Dynamics spearheaded, and then uh, obviously Idos Montreal helped a lot on Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then took over full development on Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But uh, this really kicked off uh, a different version of Lara that we were used to. Obviously, in the '90s uh, and 2000s, Lara was a uh, how do we say it, Ed? Give me give me some terms. Give me some. It was so the, the, the original. The original one was like, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of a new uh, step in adventure games with Laura being this main character. And at first, she was more of a marketing campaign. You know, being in the Playboy books and um, just I think everybody. A lot of hype stuff. I think every. 10 and 11 year old had the Maxim fold out of Lara <laughs> laying on the bed. Yeah. It was like this it's real like, bed and then you have this pixelated Lara just laying in the bed. I'm like, man, that didn't age well at all. <laughs> yeah, so it, and it was like a 3D adventure missing with sluggish slash tank controls at times for some reason, but it was like this big adventure game. And then um, it ended up getting like the Mega Man treatment where there were just too many sequels coming out and the quality of the game started falling down. Um, so Angel of Darkness, which was kind of like the last one, I think it was on PlayStation 2, 2005, 6, around that area. Um, it kind of went, you know, it kind of went away and then they brought it back with some like Xbox ones and, uh, you know, kind of refining the, uh, refining those guys. They didn't really sell well, but they did decent and then they went away. And then this new one happens, uh, where it mixes 
the steel has the adventure, but it doesn't have it where every level is a puzzle that you make it through. This is mixing more of a narrative and action mm. um, with it. And kind of almost a light, light survival. Like, you know, where you have to, like, build your own weapon, your mm-hmm. own arrows and things like that if you needed to. Yeah. Things like that. Definitely, definitely a lot of crafting uh, in the later games uh, took, like, it really really made itself yeah. uh, mm-hmm. more prevalent in the later two games. But yeah, definitely exploring that with the, uh, the, the, what do they call it? The, the scrap that you pick up and the, and the mm-hmm. salvage is what yeah. they called it. Okay. Man. Yeah. Wow. I was looking for that word. I knew, I knew scrap wasn't right, <laughs> but I knew it started with an S. Uh, <laughs> yeah. With the, <laughs> with the salvage that you pick up and then, as you progress through the game, you find different weapon parts and you can go through and uh, kind of upgrade your weapons as you go. And yeah. uh, it kind of turned, uh, you know, people, what people remember of either those early Tomb Raider games or the first set of reboot games that, that Crystal Dynamics did with uh, Tomb Raider Legend and Underworld. And then obviously they remade the first game in Anniversary, which by all means we're we're pretty good games but uh we had played so many adventure games since then that it was kind of like okay these these aren't really heading in a direction that you know we really care to uh sorry i'm hearing an echo who's uh is this is it just me? yeah i was not hearing an echo I was hearing an echo of myself, but I didn't. Yeah, I heard nothing. an echo of it. Might too. be Skype. Yeah, it <laughs> might be. So, uh, sorry, everybody. Uh, anyway, so, but when they did the trilogy uh, reboot, not this trilogy, but the last trilogy, uh, we had already started to see games like Uncharted come out and, you know, a couple other third person action games that were just doing it way better. So they kind of took some time to, to reboot the series, and this is what we got. We got Tomb Raider. Uh, and then Tomb Raider Definitive Edition after that. This is a wonderful game. It's a it's a great foundation for what became Rise and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which are both really just some... They're both some of my favorite games of the generation. Uh, where we kind of see the beginnings of Lara not as a badass action hero, but more of just, you know, she's on this... Uh, uh, excursion with this team to do some sort of archaeological dig, find whatever, and they get trapped in a storm and their shipwrecks and they get shipwrecked on an island and she has to learn how to survive. And uh, in the opening moments of the game, you kind of go through and you find out that there's this group of people who inhabit the island that uh, are doing some really weird things. And you see her kind of grow as a survivor from there right she has to learn how to survive on this island and i thought that was a really different and cool approach to the game uh the dual wielding pistols aren't your main weapon your main weapon Mm -hmm. is a bow and arrow which is super cool yeah Uh, which at a time it was weird because at e3 so many games were doing the bow arrow um kind of thing like crisis 2 was i think crisis 2 or crisis 3 was doing it crisis and they were just talking an, about had a bow for had sure a bow and arrow yeah and then there was just other games and everybody was just like why is the bow and arrow like coming back as the main i just think a, i think a lot so there are so many shooters and so many you know 
There are so many yeah. guns in games that it's it's cool to see something so primitive become more of a, yeah. a focus. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are guns in this game, right? The shotgun and mm-hmm. the assault rifle, and then spoilers for the end of the game. If you haven't, first of all, if you're listening to this and haven't played this game, we're gonna spoil the crap out of this game. So yes, if you haven't played it, play it and then come back and listen to this. But the dual wielding pistols is a big moment at the end of the game, uh, kind mm-hmm. of like a flashback type, like a callback to the old games and whatever. But it never really becomes a main focus of this entire trilogy, the dual wielding pistols, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Like you don't need them. Yeah, the bow is so cool. Yeah, pay attention to this, Santa Monica, with God of War, when you come with your next game. Why? Because they next brought one. the. Uh, Blades of Chaos when they really didn't need it. I like it. Well, I think I think well, they made they, the game better, personally. But what they need me. to what they need to do is be the first game to bring bring the slingshot as the main weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers: There's also a bow and arrow in God of War. You don't use it, but there's yeah. one in there. So yeah. <laughs> um. So the game opens up. Lara's kind of sitting in her bunk or whatever, and there's a storm and. You the opening cutscene, which is very, very, it's very pretty looking. Like the, it's just a really cool cutscene. It looks really good. Yeah. Where you kind of just see her, uh, you see the boat kind of sinking, and you see her kind of get trapped and then untrapped and then trapped again. And uh, it's just a really cool scene. And then you kind of open up on on the beach and kind of make your way up to, through these these ruins. Uh, how do you how do you guys think the game opened up? Do you think it opened up well? How do you like how did you like the beginning of the game? I, I think the opening was a really good introduction to what this game was going to be with the set pieces. You know, you were going to be doing some quick time event stuff, you were gonna be hitting some buttons, you're gonna slow down time, and it kind of made you feel very interacting with the story with with uh Laura with it. Um they did some things where they did some of the manhunt two things where you about to see this violence, but we're going to make it blurry so we could get past uh, <laughs> the Raiders board that we get through. But it was a really good setup on how they did it. Um, and it really felt like if you were into like horror games or a horror theme feel game, this kind of set the tone to that with this intro. So I think they did a fantastic job setting it up. Nice. What What about you, Jesse? What did you What did you kind of like? Uh, how did you kind of feel about the beginning of this game and how it kind of differs from a lot of games of this sort? You know. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think um, you know one thing that the the Tomb Raider games have always been good at is you know like giving you given you like a, a really cool and interesting world to kind of, you know, be, you know, like be playing the game in, like even in those earlier ones, you know, as, as, you know, old and outdated now as they would be. But at the time like that, you know, they were amazing, which I didn't know this either kind of a little tangent, but did you guys know that uh, the underworld and anniversary both were still on PS2 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know. Anniver- that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I have... See, I always thought anniversary was uh was was a three sixty game only. No, they were still doing PS two games. Yeah, oh, yeah. three sixty PS three was out. It was also oh, on, okay. It was also on Wii. Anniversary was also on Wii. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I yeah I, I I didn't realize that. I guess I had always thought that it was like, you know, like three sixty and stuff, and PS three came out and all that stuff, and then they were gonna redo, you know, like redo that original one to you know for the the newer consoles but yeah i didn't realize that they actually had a ps2 version because i think i i think i got anniversary on xbox the original one yeah Yeah, i got i got legend on i played legend on gamecube (laughs) so that tells you (laughs) yeah and like i said if you still got that copy keep it because that one is hard to find well yeah it wasn't i yeah I, i i i don't know i remember I don't know. I remember. Yeah, I think maybe it was the Wii that I that I had thought about getting Legend on. But but anyways, yeah. Like I like the the beginning of the game. Like I yeah. I really I really like how they kind of set the mood for for you know like what what exactly you kind of are going to be looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, the, the that beginning. Uh, you know, uh, cutscene type. You know the foot. You know footage stuff. They they really do a good job with and kind of you know give you. You get a little glimpse of like what the the um the areas that you're going to be playing the game and kind of look like and you know like the setting and stuff like that as well a little bit. But mm-hmm. um yeah, like I I definitely like the like the beginning of this game and I think I'm kind of like in the same both that maybe both of you were where i didn't realize like how much how much i loved this game until playing it again like yeah i don't know yeah i'd almost go on i'd almost go on a limb to say that i i think it might still be my favorite in in a weird way to me it it literally gave me metroid prime vibes for it because it was just like, this is a venture game with some backtracking. But something that's just like, the more I progress through this, and I find new abilities, the more I want to go back and explore. And yeah. be like, really find more of the tombs and use stuff in there that I could use. Like, I, I think I was like, so into it. Because the puzzles in this game is phenomenal. Like, yeah. going to the tombs was phenomenal. And they did such a good job. Like, the action set pieces... It played. It plays great, you know. And it always felt that every time they wanted to leave that island, the island said nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that led to that next action piece, uh, for it. So, yeah, I I forgot how much I really. Well, not only that, I I mean I forgot. All, I mean it's been what eight years since I played this game, so well, seven I guess. That it just. The way that this game starts out, the way you go through, like those beginning secret tombs, like they kind of teach you, okay, this is what you're probably going to have to do in these secret tombs, but they progressively get harder, uh, making your way kind of... The thing too, like Ed, you brought up the backtracking and stuff. You don't have to backtrack in this game. You can mainline your way through it like an Uncharted game, which uh, it does take a lot of inspiration from the, the Uncharted games, which ironically, those games take a lot of inspiration from the older Tomb Raider games, but it's... You can ply your way through it, but you can also backtrack to go, uh, you know, once you get your upgraded 
weapons and skills and stuff, go back and find secret areas, not just secret tombs, but secret areas and uh, mm-hmm. find the collectibles and stuff, which I'm still probably going to try to do some of those. Uh, but yeah, those secret tombs are some of the best parts in the game. And they always have been right. Even in rise and shadow, those, the secret tombs are easily the best parts of the game. Yeah. A-, a lot of the backtrack, backtracking with you getting salvage and getting animal skins and stuff like that it it helps you unlock a lot of the gameplay things that you could do which will allow you to take a lot of the enemies down because yes as good as it is um hitting a dude in the head with an arrow i love the stealth in this game and yeah. and not not even touch it because Shadow of the Tomb Shadow of the Tomb Raider stuff is maybe one of the best stealth stuff to do when you start learning things about it. But this one really felt good just going around and really, you know, you're the predator and the enemies are the prey. And it's never the other way around. It's just that mm-hmm. you go in, you you see them highlighted or you see where you could get them, bail, take them down, move away. And it just feel like the stealthy like the stuff felt rewarding in this game and so yeah mm-hmm. you are on this adventure and they they all got this artillery against you but if you if you be, if you're smart on how to know where the players are going to be at on you know getting your skill levels for different guns and the bow and arrow up you really could take these enemy downs quickly and it's mm-hmm. satisfying yeah, well, this is one of I would I would argue this is one of the first games where I feel like um, things like exploding barrels and stuff are actually useful. Like you know, because in some games when you shoot an exploding barrel, it will just do a little bit of damage to the character or whatever. Um, but with this, like it, you can just annihilate like five guys at once if you time it right and you shoot it just when they're in their, you know, in their pattern of movement towards you, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, that's one thing that's really fun about this game is trying to, um, like challenge yourself to, to, um, you know, like not waste a whole bunch of ammunition, you know, because sometimes you can, you know, have, have troubles getting it back. If you, you know, if you waste too much, because they don't always drop like a certain ammo or whatever. And yes. so like you know, like trying to conserve it at times is yeah is uh is fun. Yeah, and that's why I tr- that's why I really tried to uh the the skill tree it was really why I tried to get the uh, like you can pick up your ammo that you used off of enemies when you when you go through the game, right? So yeah. Yeah. that was like the first thing I leveled up was hey, let's uh Let's make sure I can grab my ammo off these guys before I leave. Because toward, especially towards yeah. the end of the game, I was I I tried to use the bow and arrow through the most of the game unless I needed to use the other weapons, right? Like I yeah. I just I really like the way the bow feels compared to the shooting mm-hmm. in that game, just because like I think you're meant to play with the bow and arrow, but the the guns are there for, as an option for people who don't care about the bow. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt mm-hmm. like this game was designed. So I tried to use the bow the whole time, which I got pretty decent with headshots with the bow it's really satisfying to get a headshot with the bow especially when there's three (laughs) or four guys and you're just kind of like like all across the all across and there's like three or four guys yeah and it's it's really good uh 
even the dodging mechanic when the when you kind of like got this quick time event in a sense and the circles going on, you dodge them and you counterattack them. That's like that even it feels good. Like I mm-hmm. think there was I think there's one thing that is of a big advantage over Uncharted that a lot of people don't give to uh this game is that the gameplay is balanced across everything with this weapons with the melee attack with the dodging it's just like everything feels right and it clicks where uncharted is just like yes you are you are moving around and you are doing a lot of shooting but i'm like you got to deal with the reticle definitely if you play the first uncharted one um and deal with that game's gameplay you'd be like what in the world were they thinking like there's no it feels like how's this game tomb raider got all the this balance and refinement and uncharted does it in a sense mm-hmm. no and no discourage to uncharted it does its own thing because that's more of a level-based game where i feel like tomb raider being like i said this metro prime kind of open adventure game with the backtracking it's just like you the stuff that you missed that you didn't have the uh, items for or the required equipment, once you get them, you go back and that opens more of the land. And so that opens up more for you to do things and find. Yeah. 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 I, I, there's a lot of um, of those, um, those hidden uh, tombs that you guys are talking about that I've probably missed. I know I did do a few of them. Um, but like, I mean, the, you know, I finished and I was looking in a lot of places for certain things. Um, and I, there was still by the end of the game, still a couple of gun pieces and stuff I didn't find yet. So I'm, I would imagine some of those were probably those pieces were in those tombs and stuff maybe Mm -hmm. or something because yeah, uh, yeah, like I do, I do like the, I do like, like that that's the one thing that i i absolutely think they they just nailed it with the puzzles and things like that mm-hmm. yeah like you know like even just like that one the one part of the game with that the big bell thing that you got to knock down to break through the like i love yeah. that whole sequence of how you how you have to take care of that and like you know the wind you deal with the opening shutters for wind and it's just just really like it's just super like interesting how they came up with doing stuff like that. You know, the imagination of, of, of how they want to set up a a part of a, of a game. And I just like, there's so many parts of the games that are like that, where it's just like, you just like, feel like, God, this is brilliant. Like the way they thought of doing this. If if, if you play this game for the first time, the puzzles are going to stop. Here's what I found on the web. Oh, what did you find on the web? (laughs) I don't right. know. I don't know what just happened. If, if, you, if, you, if you're playing this game for the first time, the puzzles are going to... They start off easy, but then they get a little bit difficult. And some of them might stump you. But when you figure it out and everything, it's just like, oh, that was really cool on how everything lay out. Because you'll, you'll see the answer in your mind, but now you got to play on how does this work mm-hmm. to, yeah. get it, to get it through. Um some I, of them I, are very precise. Like yeah. you have to be exactly like the ones where you like. You, there's the one where you had to like wait down, uh, um, like a like a platform thing. There, yeah. there's something you had to wait it down, and you've got to be precise on that jump okay. because you've only got a certain amount of time or something like that. So it's the it's yeah because I think it's like you 
get something down on because it's a seesaw kind of thing. Yeah. On it. Yeah. And you, you gotta try to run to jump on this yellow uh bracket so you can jump on and click it and then go up yeah. to see your treasure. It's, and you yeah. gotta like yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know, like like some of the things that I I really loved was like okay, so towards the maybe like two thirds of the way through the game, uh, Jesse, you bringing up the the bell thing that you had to had to use to you know break through stuff with the wind and stuff. Like there was this part also where uh, you know just. There was this room, and there was a big... I don't know if it was a bell or... It was something hanging from the ceiling that you had to kind of... Uh, you had to open, like, this gate on the floor, and then you had to pull it up through... Uh, it was probably two-thirds of the way through the game. You had to pull it up through with uh, one of the... This pulley system thing, and then you had to go yeah. back and close the thing on the floor... And then you dropped it back down through to kind of make this platform so you could get across the room. And I was like, man, this is like, like the puzzles are just hard enough to be challenging, but easy enough to like, you know, not make it really kind of frustrating. And there were like, there were some puzzles in especially the like Uncharted 2 and 3 that were really kind of frustrating because they didn't, there weren't the, like the the pointers weren't well enough. They, they didn't show them well enough for me, at least they weren't visually uh, there. It, but like for some reason in this, it just felt like when you, when you got a puzzle and you're like, Oh man, I just solved that. That was good. I feel really good about myself. Just the intro of it. When you're getting out the cave and you got to try to make a pathway before the mm-hmm. credits, before the tumor part even start. That yeah. even that little puzzle gives you an idea of okay, you got to get these certain things in motion and time this, mm-hmm. and when you do, that's when you can progress. These puzzles are going to be like on this level of challenging to make you think. Yeah, you know, it's it, it it's physics it's physics based, of course, but it's also time based. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's it's not the old Resident Evil. I got to move this, push this in the aisle. <laughs> Let this set in, and then I could go. No, you gotta do a lot of. You gotta think, plan it out, put it to use. Whatever doesn't work, or if you get part of it, revise it, and then try it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I really enjoyed a lot of the puzzles. I really enjoyed the combat. I think the combat feels really good. I think, you know, some of the some of the writing feels pretty old at this point. Like there's there's been a lot more games that are more well written at this point right like I, I just i feel like it was a story to kind of push you through but also i feel like it, it just kind of felt like some of the characters you were meant to care about and they didn't really quite hit some of the ways that they wanted you to 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 feel but um you know this is a, this is a game from 2013 and a lot of games since then have been way better written including the the second two two Raider games uh so the story kind of, as you progress through the story, like you you lose everybody, but you come across. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the characters here. You come across uh, Doctor Whitman, right? Who is the kind of the he he's in this universe. He's like a part. He's like the host of a expedition show, and he's trying to get footage for this show that he's doing and everything. And you can kind of tell that he's probably gonna 
do whatever's best for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you how did you guys feel about uh, Doctor Whitman? I think when it got to the end part of the game uh, and stuff, I'm just like, oh, so you're supposed to be like the twist, yeah, of it. Yeah, um, that's what I'm talking about in the writing and stuff. Like you, could, like when even when you start the game and you meet him, you you feel like he's gonna like he's gonna mm-hmm. be the one that betrays you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because it's just like when everybody else that you meet, when Laura meets them, she gets all happy, and they just like the way they communicate it. Like they, it looked like the bond that they had and friendship they had. You could realize it, but you don't realize none of them is doing it with this one character. Yeah. With the dot, with the dot, uh, and plus he was blonde, and uh, <laughs> they usually say the blonde ones are the uh, troublemakers. <laughs> well, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> uh, Jesse, how did you feel about this character? Yeah, he he was unfortunately his his character was pretty predictable. Um, you know, like like honestly, like. Um, the borderline like forgettable really I mean like he you know like I mean obviously he's there throughout it but but like the thing is though like for me like you know the the very first Tomb Raider is still like you know like the the whole setting of those before they brought people into it Mm -hmm. is still my favorite but um but with this game like i I gave the writing a little bit of a pass just because I feel like like ultimately the story though it though it's important it mm. it really it really wasn't something where they where they made it absolutely like matter to the point of where you can't enjoy what you're doing in the game unless the story is good you know mm-hmm. so like so for me, like, you know, I, his character served its purpose and mm-hmm. it, like, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad character. I wouldn't say, you know, like you said, so, you know, it might just be that the story, the writing and stuff is a little outdated for that character, but, but like, you know, he served his purpose for me really you know that game is just so so strong and and it, all the gameplay stuff that story stuff didn't really you know i didn't really uh, the, the story know. was serviceable I, for how great of a game yeah it yeah yeah I, I, I think the voice acting really made that made the story what it is you know yeah they yeah, did motion capturing yeah but yeah i think the voice i think the vo- the voice acting really gave because the voice acting to me really gave every character in here uh, uh identity a personality yeah. and you know if this was a game that was just like badly scripted or and we had to read everything and stuff i don't think it would have been like oh why am i even doing this stuff like this story is left but it, this one kind of felt like you know if i pay my 550 in the morning to go see a 12 o'clock show this would be entertaining enough for me to stay focused on mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. a fun ride you know yeah yeah so uh yeah like i mean kind of like what you guys said i feel like whitman was pretty predictable but you know the the voice acting for for a time where when story was just becoming important in games i feel like 
you know, with uh, the last of us came out that same year and was kind of turned mm-hmm. like sh- kind of is leaned on as like the pinnacle of a turning point of stories and games, which I don't know. I felt like the last of us was pretty, pretty people cool, worship, but we're going to, so, <laughs> we'll save that just, for another episode. People were just late caring on to what narrative is. Yeah. You know, and, so. and so, you know, I felt like the story was good enough just to keep me going through the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whitman was pretty predictable. I, don't really care for him as a character but i mean like he was written that way right like i yeah yes yeah i cared about him how they wanted you to care about him and it was just like he's just like this little weasel guy and you could tell that from the beginning and i thought it was really it was pretty well done you know and and there's certain exceptions but yeah and even even laura has her suspicions about him Mm -hmm. you know as Mm -hmm. as stuff going on there's one scene i think it's when they're in the like Asian kind of castle and he's running shooting looking like think he's shooting at somebody and it's just this look that Laura gives him it's just like where were you mm-hmm. I know yeah. you lying to me mm-hmm. or something is up and it was just like it's good to see that if Laura's is suspecting something is not right you as the player are going to suspect something isn't right yeah yeah uh so the next character I think we're going to talk about Alex Weiss. The uh, he's kind of the IT guy, I guess you would say. Uh, he's pretty generic looking. He looks like somebody who would be in a in like a horror movie. He would be the IT mm-hmm. guy, and like he's got this mm-hmm. shirt that has the giant uh, computer button on it. What is it? I think it's like an escape or an enter button on it. And he has the the glasses. He looks like an IT guy, right? Like he looks like a yeah. hipster IT guy from 2013. You know what I mean? Like he, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. what he looks like. Uh, I feel like they wanted you to care about this. There's a there's a very specific point in the in the game where, uh, probably starting the last quarter of the game, where you're going to f- find him on the ship. You're going to join him to get. Uh, goods and, and and supplies and stuff and there's a point in there where the enemy has kind of infiltrated the ship doing the same thing and he's stuck in this room and and like he's trapped under some debris and stuff and uh this this character i feel like was a little underdeveloped for me to care at that point mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He, he's to me he served no purpose it was just like yeah. okay i know you're trying to do an emotional beat for him but you didn't really allow Laura and him to have anything for us to yeah. feel. So it's just yeah. like you really just you needed something to connect to progress the story or to make Laura feel some kind of emotion and then you went on. Because she was just like, no, I can't believe. Well, I guess I'll continue my journey. Do-do-do-do-do. And it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there was there was no kind of build up to it. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish there would have been like some sort of emotional beat towards the beginning of the game where, you know, him and Lara have an interaction or two, you know what I mean? Like there needed to be something before this to have that emotional beat hit, you know? And this is, this is what I'm talking about where like the story was just serviceable enough to get you through the game. Uh, And this is one of those parts that I feel like was severely underdeveloped. This character was severely underdeveloped. Uh, I mean, there's a couple scenes where, you know, they kind of watch the, you watch quote unquote flashbacks through the video camera from the documentary they're filming. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's in it, but he like and he cracks some really bad jokes and stuff. Like I, I don't know if that's where you're supposed to care about this character or not, but like he's just he's not a character he like you said, Ed, he was he didn't serve really any purpose. And 
I feel like if they would have put, and, and I know Sam plays a bigger part in the story, but if they would have put Sam in that position or Roth in that position instead, like it would have had a bigger emotional impact. If he felt, if he was more of a comic relief character, then yeah, yeah. But yeah. he was just a character design for progression. Yeah, yeah. Like, like with the, I think what they could have did is like, you know, instead of it being like he went off by himself there, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go there to get him. Like, if they would have made it where it was more of an interaction that happened beforehand before it got to that point where you and him went to go do something and you like, there was a point where you guys had to split off and that's where the gameplay takes place is you split off. He's got to do something. You're doing something, you know, like give still giving us a little bit more interaction with the two characters. And then it gets to that point of where you have to go then you know, you were supposed to meet up back up with him at a certain point, but he wasn't there. And then now you've got to go try to find him, you know, then, you know, and like make, make it like where you, you're keeping in contact over like, uh, over like the, uh, the comms or something like that, you know, like where, where there's, there's some interaction there, you know, other than just it being kind of the beginning and really, and that's a, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they would have did something like that, they could that even would have probably made it even a little bit better, you know. But but yeah, there really is nothing barely with him, you know, other than the beginning and stuff. So yeah, yeah, because I honestly I forgot about that character until you guys must mentioned him. But now I you know like now I remember that that whole part. But yeah, you I mean, know because the, the, that's it what was I'm such saying. a small part. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like for, yeah, it's kind of, it is kind of a bummer. Like, you know, like when they, cause you go through the, the, the time to make a, the character and all that stuff. And then to not really have much, yeah. much use of them is kind of a bummer, but yeah. So, uh, so the next character we're going to kind of talk about is uh Conrad Roth, who is kind of Lara's mentor and kind of, father figure after uh lara's father uh died uh roth was uh was richard croft's partner in treasure hunting and uh you know these archaeological finds and stuff so um was was he the the silver daddy like the short hair one um, kind of like he was the older gentleman that helped lara like like when you find him he is kind of being attacked by wolves and his leg is injured Uh, yeah lara has to wrap up his leg and everything uh to you know kind of help him and everything so yeah he's been uh yeah he, that's 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 uh that's all, rough all I, all I can say is that he was hot as ever and uh him sacrificing himself i was just like i can't believe it i mm-hmm. just can't believe it yeah. when i first met i'm like oh yeah he's a hot daddy for me so i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> wow uh so yeah he uh he's kind of a the the he was probably the most fleshed out character other than Lara in this game. I feel like he, you know, you saw that he, he was like the, the, what do you call it? The, the captain. Wow. I cannot find words today. (laughs) Captain of the endurance, which was the ship they were on. Uh, he was kind of brought on by, uh, what, what's his face by Whitman to, to kind of 
bring bring Roth's team to kind of accompany him on this dig and kind of make this grand adventure to find Yamatai more of a adventure instead of, you know, just a, a show. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was the expert that yeah. Whitman wanted to be, I guess I would say. And, and he really did a lot in this game to kind of make you feel for him. And his, I feel like his sacrifice was earned, uh, unlike unlike Alex's. So, uh, yeah. What I mean, what do you guys think of this character overall? I liked him. I really, uh, he was well-balanced. He really helped or- Laura out with doing the intercom and stuff. And, you know, I, do, you, do you really get that father-daughter relationship between those two? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, if 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 you play the later games, you kind of just kind of start learning more things about the uh, about her real father. Um, but it was just like he he knew what needed to be done, and although he didn't really want Laura to go out there or anything, you know, he still supported her doing it. Uh, so they could get off the island and stuff. I think, yeah, they, I think they have probably like the best relationship in mm-hmm. uh, kind of in this whole series in all three games. I think they have the best relationship that really hits yeah. and really be like, this is that father daughter relationship that works. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really have that relationship, that connection. They care about each other. You can see that they care about each other. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it was a really well done relationship in this game, and like when he sacrifices himself, when uh, you know what the helicopter goes down, and Lara's kind of incapacitated for a minute, and the uh, the bad guys are kind of coming, and he's you see him kind of have the the pistols, and you think like maybe you're gonna get the double pistols there, yeah, um, but he kind of takes some guys out, and Lara kind of wakes up to help kind of help him, but she's still injured and incapacitated a little bit. And the way he goes out was pretty, uh, I guess badass. I would say like, he's still shooting with this giant ax in his back. Well, yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, cause that's the guy that, that you, um, so you get separated and then you meet back up with him right before he dies. Right. Mm. Is, is that the part? Am I thinking of the right, Cause like where where he's tells her to go and he's like sitting on the ground with the I thought with an axe on his back and then he's shooting. Yeah, no, he's the he's the second one that you meet because you drag him into uh, like yeah. a little camp yeah, and get his injured. brain in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, that's that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's because they're, they're that's where he dies is at that little camp thing, doesn't he? Like later then. Like something else happens, and then and then that happens, and he, and then you leave from there, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Is yeah. That, okay. Yeah, because it's it's been a little bit now. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean some some of this stuff, you know, probably would have been more fresh in our minds if we did this when we were supposed to. And you know, again, that's it's my fault. So sorry, everybody. But yeah, I think I think Roth is really the most fleshed out character here, besides Lara, and uh, which is kind of surprising yeah. because some of these other characters that you think would be in, in the future games are just not, you know, they're like, yeah, really at all. Uh, except yeah. for, except for Jonah, which I guess we could talk about here, which Jonah's the only character that kind of moves forward in the series with Lara. And he's really a non-factor in this entire game, except for a couple like wise, mm-hmm. 
you know, Samoan one-liners, like, you know what I mean? Like some yeah. wisdom one-liners that you're like, okay, well, he read that on a fortune cookie or something somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which, which is like one of the biggest contrasts between him and Laura and Shout of the Tomb Raider. Like, Shout of the Tomb Raider, it's, their relationship is, is good, but yet there's turmoil, turmoil to it. Uh, when you play Rise of the Tomb Raider, you know, they still have a good relationship. And then this one is just like, why would you choose him over everybody else? Because I would thought uh, the black lady would be in the following games too. And she's well, not there. See, see, like out of this whole game, I would have thought Sam would have been the one to move forward with Lara. Because of their relationship, which we'll get to yeah. her next. But Jonah just... They, I feel like, especially in Rise and, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, they really want you to care about Jonah. Like, they really want you to mm-hmm. feel for Jonah. And, like, he's really the character that I just never really cared about. You know, like, he he feels like a character that really serves no purpose at all, really, in these games. You know, and, and not to say that he's a bad character or anything. I like his vibe. Yeah. I like, you know... The, the voice actor I, I don't really know who plays him but he delivers uh, a fantastic you know he has a great voice he has a great kind of demeanor about him but he's just like if you were to tell me out of this whole cast of characters the person that moved forward the only character to move forward with Lara was Jonah I would have laughed at you they don't it's another thing that there's no build up there's no connection yeah. mm-hmm. and that really doesn't start to you get into rise and then uh-huh. when you when you literally play shadow of the tomb raider you see why they have the relationship that they have mm-hmm. um for it you know yeah and and it's kind of one of the themes of part of shadow of the tomb raider i i don't want to say what it is but it's kind of yeah. one of the themes that not only is it happening to the world, but it's also happening in affecting their relationship. So to see them not really have one in this one was kind of like, oh, okay, why is he the only one that's returning in the other games? Like they didn't build nothing. Yeah, I think I think you know, like part of it might be, you know, story writing wise that they maybe don't want to make the mistake of you know making this character this this you know male character who is you know too like taking away too much of what laura you know can do like you know like part of me wonders if maybe they they just kind of were hesitant to to make the you know like have it where they get put in a situation where there's any kind of dependency because like, you know, they really want you to feel like, you know, like, yes, these characters are there with her, but, but this is uh, a journey that she feels like she's got to almost do on her own mm-hmm. in a way, in a way, you know, like, like I think maybe maybe it's part of that that maybe just kind of they had to hold back on certain things in this game, you know they just wanted to have it more focused on her, and then that's why we see like in the next few where you know they build some some character with other people as well a little bit more, um, 
but still like they're holding back because they don't want to make that character seem like someone that she's got to depend on in order to make it through what she's there doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I have a feeling like maybe it could be something like that where they just, you know, they want to have a strong female character who doesn't have to depend on a man, you know, to be able to make it through this journey kind of thing, you know, because we've seen that plenty in, in movies and things like that. You know, so, you know, just making it feel really like she really is. She may have other people she knows there, mm-hmm. but she's got to rely on herself to do these things, you know. Which, which I think during the adventure she does. It's just weird that yeah. with Jonas that when you get to the second and third games, and, you know, I'm sorry for bringing that up, it's that brother and sister relationship. Yeah. But it's just like that's not built in this game. And it's yeah. very the the tone of it is very weird. It's just like, oh, they they had a relationship. We didn't know that. We didn't because we didn't see none of that in the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it's it's funny because their relationship is actually built upon in the comic that takes place in between the yeah. games. But like, that's the thing. That's the thing about storytelling too. Is like I hate when you have to re like go to, through other media to see why these characters are together or to see, you know, why certain things about this character or this place are important or this relic or whatever, you know what I mean? Like star Wars does this a lot too. And it's like, I I don't, you know, I don't have time to be engulfed in this multimedia empire thing that you have going on, especially something as not to take anything away from tomb Raider, but like, you know, they're, they're games first and foremost. So I want to see these characters, become friends or become allies and why they're su- why they have that dynamic in the game not be not i don't want to go have to read like this huge series of comic books to see oh jonah uh tried to you know uh, uh go into exile and because he after he stole some relics from this island you know what i mean like to he just felt guilty and so he wanted to be left alone like i don't want to i don't want to do that like i'm looking at his uh wikipedia page right here and like he was going to commit suicide and laura stopped him from committing suicide and then they be they had this bond over that and that's why they're that's why he continued to be her friend and follow her on these trips because he felt like he owed her a life debt like i why didn't i why didn't i see that in in the game the game or at the beginning of rise of the tomb raider you know what i mean like yeah they could have done that which which is kind of like it, this is a different game, but Darksiders in a sense, like the game is designed to be almost like a comic mm-hmm. Zelda game, but then you got all of this other stuff that's supposed to be taking place before the first game, and it has all these comics that lead up to it, and even to the second one, and you don't know anything about it if you don't keep up keep up with media. So if like IGN or any comic store or whatever it's not reported that hey we got some other works into it to um flesh out this franchise mm-hmm. you guys really should check it out or just do a graphic novel just do a full book and well that's what i'm talking i don't think you should have to be have to do that you should be able to get mm-hmm. at least like if you want to know more you should you can go read the graphic novel or whatever but like you should be able to get like a hint of that story that's told in that novel in like a small part of the game. You know what I mean? And then if you want yes. that exp- mm-hmm. explained more, right? Mm-hmm. 
Then you yeah, have because a novel. yeah, because they could have easily like in the game had it were a point where you and you and him are at you know are at some point in the game, and things are getting difficult and and he's like almost to the point of where he he's thinking of giving up and then you get a flashback thing of you know of that time when you know he was suicidal and and you know this debt that he made to her and this and that for her saving his life and and that that gives him motivation to move move on again i mean like literally that could be like a a very small you know, just little touch in the in a you know a cutscene thing that mm-hmm. they could have gave us, and boom, we we know that now he there was a point in his life where he was gonna take his life. She saved him. That's why he's here. You we know see, now. You could just see Crystal Dynamic. <laughs> you have to solve this puzzle, get this yeah. uh, set to unlock yeah. that cutscene. <laughs> yeah. You have to make you make screen. Yeah, but I, you know, like that's you know that's yeah that's the thing is I mean you you know you can sneak things like in you don't they don't have to be long segments. People you know most people who are playing a game like that should be old enough to kind of understand what would be happening in a scene like that. You know. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just to kind of wrap it up on Jonah, like he's a, he's a cool character and stuff, but like mm-hmm. he's, he's not, I don't like Alex. I don't think he's utilized correctly at all, Yeah, especially yeah. in this game. So, and then like, because he wasn't utilized correctly in this game makes you not care about him really in the next couple games, except for the fact that he's there all the time and you're like, okay, well he's a character that I guess I should care about, you know, mm-hmm. so, plus like his character design changes in every game. And that kind of throws me off too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause like in this game, yeah. he's like, he's like Samoan with like a kind of, you know, like a shaved head almost with like, just like a little Mohawk thing in the middle, barely yeah. in the second game. He kind of, he kind of looks like a black guy, you know, and he has yeah. like a mini Afro and like this full beard and, you know, like, I mean, yeah. he, he looks like, you know what I mean? Like he kind of looks like a, a light skinned black guy that, and then you're like, well, is he Polynesian or is he a black guy? Like you don't, you don't know. And then yeah. in the third game, he's like, he almost looks Latina in a way, you know? Yeah. But then like, like or something. and, and then he's Samoan, you know? And, and like, I just, his character model. Mess. Yeah. Yeah what ed said he it's a mess like i i think shadow the tomb raider he looks the coolest yes definitely like he's definitely the most fleshed out in shadow the tomb raider but it's just like he's just this character that you i feel like they had an idea for a character and they didn't know what to do with him but they kept him in the game anyway because they're like well maybe one day in a sequel or the next game we can do something cool with him and they never really yeah did so all right, moving along, we're going to kind of I, – I know we've been kind of <laughs> – uh, Sam is is the next character we're going to kind of talk about. Uh, Sam is is uh, Asian-Portuguese uh, f- aspiring filmmaker and film director. Uh, she's there to translate a lot of the stuff. She, she specializes in translating. Uh, 
she's kind of a big part of the plot. She's Lara's best friend. Uh, but before we kind of get into her story, did anybody kind of feel like they were trying to insinuate that maybe her and Lara may have kind of liked each other, but they didn't really do anything with because it was 2013? No. Oh, okay. No. Maybe that was just me. I don't know. Mm -mm. I, I mean, I know they were like best friends, but I kind of felt like they were maybe wanting to explore a a relationship further with him and they just didn't in some of the scenes. The, the, the way that yeah, there were a... there oh, were right. some there were some scenes like that I felt like that as well. Mm-hmm. But um ultimately I don't it, they did it in a way where where you where I you couldn't really tell for sure. Yeah. If that's what they were insinuating. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was yeah. getting at. It was like it just felt like that's what it felt like. And then, you know, obviously yeah. they were just they were just really best friends and uh you know, they were bunkmates and the whole plot kind of centers around Sam mm-hmm. being kidnapped by Matthias, who is the kind of the main villain of the game, uh, because mm-hmm. they kind of believe that she is going to be the next capsule for the sun goddess. She was used uh, as Hamiko. a vessel. Yeah, vessel. Thank you. Yeah, of Hamiko, the sun goddess of the island, which is ultimately the reason why all these storms are happening and everything. So, what do you guys? What do you guys think of Sam? Really? Uh, she was just a vessel, and that was it. Like she was used for the purpose of the plot, and then she was just forgettable. Like what? Yeah. Like they kept they they. They kidnapped you. They did a mission is for Laura to rescue her because she's really trying to get everybody the game back together, and they supposed to get off this boat. That was the idea, but the more that she explored and find out what was going on, she knew that she had to put an end to this. So yes, her rescuing Sam was part of the mission, but she knew that they were this wasn't going to end until she finished the quest. And like Sam. Which has she was the vessel, and that was it. Like, what what else do you want? I think if we was going, if, I think if there was any kind of relationship or lesbian relationship, it would have been the black girl, because she the one that felt like she was the lesbian of the group, uh, in a sense. Um, just well, the way her the voice acting and her and the way that she, I guess her movements and stuff, she would have been like. Some with the love interest, but I don't think Laura had any kind of love interest for anybody. Yeah, I I kind of felt like you, Ed, where I feel like Sam was really underutilized, and it it's the same. It's almost the same thing. Same thing as Alex, where like you just didn't care about her enough for when the big kind of uh, climax happens. You're just kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, this is just kind of the end of the game, and she's there. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't feel. Mm-hmm as much of a of a like it didn't hit as hard like again there should have been a couple moments at the beginning of the game where there maybe uh to an extent where there's no combat or anything maybe there should have been a part before the ship wrecked where you're kind of exploring Mm -hmm. the ship getting to know these characters uh you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. maybe maybe part way through the game you kind of interact with these characters again at the camp which you can a little bit but it's more of like a here's one kind of one-off sentence that they say that kind of gives a little bit of their personality, but nothing that you're really going to care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just, I feel like she was really underutilized too in the, in the story. Like she's just a plot point. 
Yeah, I think honestly what they should have did is, you know, since they, you know, the old games used to have where you could go to the mansion, you know, to Laura Croft's mansion. Mm-hmm. And, and like, that was your chance to kind of, you know, like explore something outside of what the actual game was. Mm-hmm. Like what they could have easily did is like made it, you know, made made a beginning part of the game where, you know, instead of going to the mansion, you know, you're kind of interacting with those characters before all this goes down to to learn some more about what's going on and then, you know, have the whole cutscene that's kind of, you know, le- or we'll, we'll, you know, do stuff in the story that's leading up to them leaving and then do the whole cutscene, you know, like that, that kind of shows how you end up in, you know, in the area that, that you play most of the game in. Yeah. But just give, you know, just give, give us like a, you know, even like an hour, an hour less, you know, of, of gameplay of where we're kind of just learning about those, the, the characters that are coming with you. Yeah. You know, and like interacting with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Sam was kind of again another underutilized character, but it didn't really affect my enjoyment of the game really because the game was so much fun. Again, I know we, I know mm-hmm. we, we've been kind of saying that, and I feel I feel like that's mm-hmm. just kind of like the essence of this game, where there was a lot of cool things you could do in the game, and the story just kind of got you to the next gameplay element, which was way more yes. fun than mm-hmm. actually sitting through uh, the story. So. Uh, uh, the last kind of mm-hmm. couple main characters here, uh, Grim and uh, Reyes. Grim was the kind of the older guy who had the really cool mustache and kind of sacrificed himself to uh, uh, save Lara at the t- you know up up on the what essentially were just like zip lines back down to the camp from up, up yeah. the mountain. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they didn't really give me any reason to care about him otherwise either, except that he was a cool, grumpy old Irish guy. He, he yeah. that, that's it. That's pretty much yeah. it. I was just like, I love him because <laughs> he yeah. was just like, he, he he was just like he knew that what it, he he just wanted to do stuff. Yeah, and he was cuckoo crazy about action. He has this kind of like militant vibe to him, just like if you've been in the military and you just you you just been someone who been kind of like not not such a gunner or anything but you get like riled up because you get to do some kind of action and partake in something Uh he kind of gave off that vibe in a sense he just like i'm going to kill you fools and you're not going to stop because i'm doing my duty to help this team and if you guys think you're going to stop me think again i would sacrifice myself to make sure that whatever mission they have get occurred and i'm as if i'm going down all of y'all coming down with me and pretty much that's how he was Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, it was yeah he was he like you know like 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 many of these characters they didn't have a whole lot of of stuff going on but they served he served his purpose and you know and and connected the story and you know made things happen you know like and that's you know again this is the this was the first game in the series so you know like there's always going to be a lack of a lot of things in that first game i feel like a lot of times Mm -hmm. 
so you know like all that stuff eventually you know things get flushed out better in the in the next two but yeah but yeah i mean it 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 definitely you know like the characters serve their purpose well enough um you know to to move this move the game you know along and and stuff like that but yeah but yeah there definitely could have been more more to it for sure yeah and the last kind of uh crew member of of the endurance that we kind of hit on already a couple times uh jocelyn reyes who is a uh she's the game doesn't tell you this i'm on her wikipedia page she's a 43 year old ex-cop who uh got in a shootout with her partner and became a part-time bartender and part-time mechanic and uh she became a mechanic on the endurance to kind of be part of roth's team and she's you can tell she's kind of hardened she's kind of been through some stuff uh they don't really tell you in the game but she has that yeah that personality that appeal to her uh she was actually one of the better characters in that group i'd say yeah uh definitely her her... what oh i was just to say the voice actor for her just like was fitting yeah you know just her tone and her delivery was just like yeah whoever's voicing this character is is this character yeah you know yeah she she was uh she was a great character i I feel like she was the only one that was like giving laura some sort of uh opposition you know not not in like a a, uh antagonistic sort of way just kind of you know we got it we i just want to go home you know she's got uh you know a family at home she's you know that kind of thing she just wanted to Mm -hmm. uh really just didn't want anything to do with anything that was happening on the island. Uh, and it took a lot of convincing for her to move up river, fix the boat, and help Lara save Sam and, and get out of there. So, uh, can I say that I'm glad that she wasn't like the token black character or the sassy black character in the game? <laughs> Just like they gave her a good representation, a good equal build to her yeah. fitting into this group. Like, even though she's probably beyond everybody else that that really doesn't do much but yet still has a purpose mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. she was kind of the only one that'd be like you guys did her chest right and i'm happy that they did do that mm-hmm. yeah and that's why like i said like i i think they really they really wanted to make sure when they were making this game that they didn't just stick to you know like the the typical you know, character models when making this game, you know, like they didn't want to, yeah, make her just the, the, you know, stereotypical token black lady. And they didn't want to make, you know, Laura have to be dependent on a male and they didn't want to, you know, like they wanted to, they wanted to make sure that these characters all, even with the only little bit you'd get of them, that you'd understand that they're, that they're much more than just needing to rely on each other. So we have a special <laughs> guest joining us. <laughs> yeah, it looks like somebody didn't take her nap today, huh? Did you take oh. a nap? <laughs> you did? Okay. <laughs> you gonna go outside? <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool. Yep. Bye bye. The next Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Maybe craft. <laughs> oh. 
yeah, so uh, yeah, Reyes was a was a great character. Hi. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the last the last character we're going to talk about is uh, Father Matthias, who is the kind of the <laughs> the main antagonist of the game. She, he uh, he kind of ran the cult of the sun god, uh, who kind of worshipped Queen uh, Hamiko, and was was he was crazy. Like he came off as kind of crazy, but also mm -hmm. like once you make your way through the story and make your way through uh the island like you realize that what he's saying is true <laughs> for the most part yeah and uh, yeah. he goodness he every time i see him i'm like okay this is just resident evil 4 now <laughs> he literally reminded me of resident evil 4's antagonist and i'm just like what the world is going on uh but yeah i i don't think he was such an evil person or anything uh i just connected him to resident evil 4 and that was it it's just like i i will wait your death and that's it yeah i like i i always i don't know what it is about games where the where the main <clears throat> main protagonist or whatever antagonist um is uh you know like some weird like cultist type character like that i don't know i i always find those kind of characters somewhat interesting like that's why i liked i liked uh um um what's it i'm blanking on it right now but the the fifth one where uh but anyways but yeah like i those kind of characters i i've always liked um so yeah, it, it was it was a fun enough uh, main main bad guy. I felt like in this game, like it was he he uh, definitely you know played that crazy character kind of, but but you yeah, but then you realize it's like yeah more realistic. It was it was uh, I felt like pretty well done. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt like you know he was he was kind of scary enough to to be you know maybe you should be concerned about him but then like i thought it was really cool especially at the end where you use the dual pistols to take him out which i thought was just kind of like this really cool ending mm -hmm. to the game where he kind of <laughs> yeah. falls off the mountain uh, yeah it was yeah that whole whole thing was was just he was a he was a neat character uh so yeah we're uh, I know we're kind of running a little bit long here, but we're gonna move in. What what were some of your favorite moments of the game? Just to kind of wrap up some of the story beats, some of the some of the events, some of the maybe some gameplay elements that you thought were uh, really interesting. So uh, two of mine was um, when you are in the cave, and you see Laura pops out with the blood on her. Mm -hmm. And she's walking through, and it's just like it's oh. so cinematic. It's so good to see yeah. all of that blood on her. It's just like, wow. Um, I I did like the fact uh, where uh, still in the same cave, that guy he's giving this whole speech, and all of these enemies are around him and everything. And uh, as you can see, um, if you can, you can see like the gas. That's coming up, and if you have a fire arrow, 
and you shoot it, shoot the thing with the gas, you blow <laughs> everybody up. <laughs> and it's yeah. so good. It was just like, ah, satisfaction. Like, I don't know. Enemy death in this game was just satisfaction to me. Yeah. I mean, it, to, even and, your own death. Yeah, even, <laughs> even like when so you die, like, like when you were, sl- like when you would slide down like the waterfalls or whatever, and you, like, uh-huh. they made you like kind of weave in and out. If you didn't dodge yeah. and you just saw like the, like the, yeah just kind of like go through your neck and just you just see her kind of like struggle for like a second and like kind of wig out and you're like oh my gosh what is happening this is gross (laughs) or like when you would do the quick time events and the rocks would smash you you just see like for like a split second see her head get smashed in and then just disappear (laughs) you're like oh yeah ouch um yeah which which i have to ask um how many enemies were on this, like, in this organization? I know. There are, like, hundreds of people inhabiting, yeah. inhabiting this island. <laughs> like, where yeah. do they all come from? And why do they all look the same? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there were there were villages and stuff that you go through, but, like, but, I mean, I don't, yeah, I feel like there's way more people than what were would have been able to fit in those villages, but I don't know. Yeah. It was one of like one of the things. Uh, well, a few of mine I kind of we talked about earlier with like the puzzle s- stuff. You know, like I liked a lot of that. But like one thing I'll say that I liked that that it was not so much uh, was in the game, but a lack of is like you know, like the in the earlier games, it was a lot about like moving past a whole bunch of things that would be sticking up, you know, under from the ground. And you'd have to like, you know, keep on, you know, moving forward and, you know, not not getting stuck. But it was more it was more of like the uh, Indiana Jones style kind of traps, you know, like things like that. Like I, I like that they they kind of were light on that kind of stuff. And we're we're more about like you know like the you having to figure out a way of how to traverse from one point to the other versus just a whole bunch of like you know just booby trap style uh, obstacles you know like they still did have some of those things in the game uh, which I think were necessary but I like that they didn't just just rely on that kind of stuff to uh set up obstacles for you like i do like the like you're saying and then there's like the one part where where you're walking underneath the floorboards through the water mm-hmm. and they're up there talking and then there's like a trap door there where you can grab the one guy and you pull him underneath and kill him underneath there like i liked those kind of things like you said too where it's very felt very cinematic where it's all about the you know you hearing the sounds of people walking around above you and in them talking and you know and like (coughs) sneak your way through to kind of you know stealthily take those characters out and stuff yeah like you know that kind of stuff i really did like a lot so yeah Oh, man, I really liked the like the fights, like the fights with like the big uh, the big samurai guy. I thought mm-hmm. that was a really cool fight. Like, yeah. I really liked that whole last sequence where you're kind of making your way through the uh, the palace or whatever. Uh, I thought just making your way to the top and and taking out guys and fighting the big samurai towards the end, and 
I just felt like that whole sequence was cool, like controlling the wind to break break stuff. At, uh, Jesse, like you said earlier in the show, uh, I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool, and and I just thought a lot of the sequence, like the the whole sequence where uh, you have to kind of climb to the top of the the radio tower to get the signal out, was uh, um, I hated that one. That one uh, bugged out on me. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't let me find out. I had to reset my uh, system like two times to get that section to work. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I really yeah. liked it. I, I, uh, I liked how. I mean, it was way more impressive in 2013. But like, just the way they kind of panned around to make you see how kind of large this island was, and and mm-hmm. just yeah. how you know at the time how detailed it was, and how. Uh, okay, this th- th- these systems can really do something interesting, and and uh, then the plane came through, and and the whole plane sequence when it was crashing, and you yeah, kind of had to awesome. yeah. like run from it, and everything was was a really cool sequence. Uh, and then the kind of making your way through that shanty town, and and kind of escaping with Roth before your helicopter is. Uh, flew away you know what i mean like that whole sequence was yeah. cool too like i just thought there was some really cool unique set pieces in this game and and it was because at that point with third person kind of action games i still really think of games like gears of war and even resident evil 5 to an extent where you're kind of walking through this area and they were very distinct areas that were okay this is there's not going to be very much combat here uh maybe do some puzzles and then you would get into this big arena where you definitely see uh waist high <laughs> barricades that you're clearly going to have to hide behind or strategically yeah. positioned walls that were just kind of convenient to hide behind when you're shooting guys. I f- I felt like there was there wasn't really a lot of that in this game. Um, yeah. You kind like there were there were guys just kind of patrolling the island. It, it, at least they made it feel really kind of uh natural that way. Well, mm-hmm. it was very weird because this whole island, it was always raining. It was always wet. And no one got sick. Like, <laughs> like as much water as Laura. This is what Ed's concerned about, everybody. Nobody got sick on this island. It's not real because no one got sick. <laughs> it was just like, why is it so much water in this game if she's not sick? And yes, if everybody's going to talk about the Pokemon uh, review from IGN where they said it was too much water. I get the it's joke. The but... It's the storms that are keeping them there. Yeah. But yeah, but but there were times that it was just like she was jumping in water or she was jumping out of water or it was raining and it was just like, Laura, kill somebody who has a coat on and put one on. Like, she was in a tank top throughout most of this adventure. And it's just like, there was no way that you are going through this 10-hour adventure um, and you don't got no kind of clothing to like put on from all of this water. I mean, you could change your outfits. Yeah, you just go into gear and you change your outfits. But like, everybody, but everybody, a lot of people, a lot of guys out there are probably wishing you could take more off. And you're, <laughs> and you're sad. like, put more clothes on. No, because even when, they, even, no. when they gets, even when it gets, even when it gets close to the end of the game, it's just like all of these weather effects should be affecting your body. And of course, you're a character model, and it's not—it's very video gamey. There should be some kind of realization that why is the enemies dressed up ready to handle this 
battle, but our main character is not throughout this event. See, I kind of thought that throughout the game, like Lara's character model changes slightly throughout the entire game. Like there's like her clothes rip more. Uh, they, they, she gets dirtier. She, you know, you can see the scrapes and cuts on her. Like, I felt like they did a pretty decent job of actually doing that mm-hmm. in this game. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, that's just what I felt like. I, I feel like they actually did a pretty decent job. And if you're, if you're stranded on an Island Ed, she's not going to have like a suitcase of clothes ready to go. Well, not that, I mean, not even, I, I can understand that, but the, your enemies got on clothes to protect them. So after you just bust one in the head that you just killed, <laughs> like, so you want you want her to steal the, their parkas? Is that what yes! you're saying? Yes. You're still. How the heck you? How the heck are you stealing uh, equipment from them and your arrow back? But you're not gonna steal a coat. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I guess that's a little fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm sorry. That's that's my black logic being applied to video games. I'm, I apologize. Ed, you and your you and your logic. So, uh, but I I really again I really think the strength of of all of these games really are the uh, are the the secret tombs. Uh, I didn't do all of them in this game, but I did do them all in Shadow of the Tomb Raider and. Uh, a lot of them in Rise of the Tomb Raider. I really, I really think that these are the strength of the games, uh, and you can kind of see why as you, uh, even if you play Rise and Shadow, Shadow's entire DLC plan was secret tombs, where they would add two or three every time for you to go through. And these ones, I feel like the ones in this game were r- simple compared to the ones in Rise and Shadow. Uh, for anybody who played mm-hmm. those games, no, but I still feel like those are the secret these are the secret sauces of these games uh the tombs that yeah. you, you play through and, the, and just the unique kind of puzzles that you interact with and the kind of cool items that you find in there and just the way that they're mm-hmm. designed are are really well done yeah it's just it, it you you it makes you want more of it and it sucks that like cuz i think then this one i think you only get like a 10 or 11 11 or 12 of them and then that's it and it's just like Man, I wanted like fifteen or sixteen of them. Uh, where Shadow of the Tomb Raider, like you do have some of those tombs, but then you have other things that lead to the tomb and stuff. So, like Shadow is a bigger game, but to get to them, you gotta work for them, and that's a puzzle within itself, which is also cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really this playing through this game just really made me want to go back through rise and shadow. And I actually started playing rise a couple months ago and then I just fell off of it again because well, destiny exists, but (laughs) I just, I really, I really, really enjoyed this game. I really, I did too. I just really felt like this was the direction that this franchise needed to go, especially after, after, you know, angel of darkness was pretty bad. And even though the legends games were good, you know, like Legend and Underworld were were really good games. At that point, by the time Underworld came out, there were three Uncharted games or two Uncharted yeah. games at that point, and they just did this action adventure genre, uh, at least the way that Tomb Raider does it, so much better. Mm-hmm. That uh, I know these games get a lot of hate because they're compared 
right? And a lot of people really think that Tomb Raider stole a lot of stuff from Uncharted, but I really feel like Tomb Raider is the better series in terms of the gameplay side of things, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better than everything over the, no disrespect to the Uncharted, but it's just I don't know. It was it was better in the puzzles, better in the action. Well, like, I I think I think Lost Legacy and Uncharted Two are really are really great games. Uh, I, I, I I mean I agree with you. I think I think the Tomb Raider games are better in a lot of respects. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I think Tomb Raider games are better in general anyway, but... Um. Yeah, and I agree with you. Well, Uncharted 3 and Lost Legacy, I think, are the best ones. 2 has its problems. We discussed that. Um, but it's just like, there was something of going from Tomb Raider, going to Rise to be like... Like, Rise, to me, is like a perfect 10. Like, that's an all-time classic. Like, I don't think that really can be touched. And Shadow lives up to Rise, but there were some things that kind of like if they would have fixed some things it would have been on that level but it's still a great game the, the See, only I, thing think, that really I think I, Shadow oh. is my favorite because it combines everything I love from the first game and it being kind of uh-huh. a smaller experience a, like a contained experience on an island uh, yeah. with a lot of secret tombs with the ec- kind of exploration and crafting stuff from Rise like I, I feel like Shadow is actually the best game in the series and I know that's a very unpopular opinion popular uh, oh. A lot of people actually think Shadow is bad, but uh, I shoot, that's crazy. Shadow is super it's, good. I mean, Shadow Shadow gets the Rocksteady uh, WB Montreal treatment, where okay, mm-hmm. so it wasn't Crystal Dynamics that developed it, so it's automatically the worst game because it's the secondary team working on it, and I don't agree with that at all. No, I don't. So, and I only thing that really. Uh, kind of threw me off about this Tomb Raider with Square Enix saying that they weren't happy with the uh, sale numbers. I'm like, this thing, did, yeah, it this sold, like, dude, like... It sold like 7 million copies on PS3 and 360, and they said they were unhappy with it. <laughs> to where we almost didn't million. get Rise. We only got Rise because Microsoft funded the, like, pub funded it. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, and, and, and if you look at it, I'm like, you didn't spend 10 million you didn't spend 10 million copies worth the money to make this game. There is possibly no way for that to happen. Yeah. So it, it, when they said that it really made me mad because I, I feel like 7 million copies at a reboot of a dead franchise is amazing. You know yes. what I mean? Like I, at, for all intents and purposes, Tomb Raider was pretty dead in the water at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I really mm-hmm. believe that. And, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like 7 million copies plus like another 3 million on the new system. I think that this version of the game sold almost 10 million copies uh, total. And like, that's nothing like there there's games that would kill to sell that many. Copies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, cause for me, um, you know, with the tomb Raider series, starting with the, for the, you know, the original one, I, I, loved that one and and i liked some of them after it but like yeah like slowly i started dying off of the like not just not really getting into them anymore but yeah like once once these had come out and you know like brought it back it and like kind of changed things up it definitely was like like this this is like doing you know it, it was there was almost like my resin like the resin evil seven where like i finally 
they finally gave me a game that I enjoyed, even though they were doing something with with the story that I really didn't care for. Mm-hmm. But they made but they made it good enough that that I could look past, you know, like how it's changed and you know what it's become. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and so so like with these, yeah, like these these I love like way more than any any of the like i still love the the very first tomb raider but but as far as anything else goes after that like these are just so much better in in every way so which i feel like these are like way better than the rest of the series mm-hmm. like i i played tomb raider in 1995 yeah i played i played mm-hmm. tomb raider 1 and 2 mm-hmm. yeah and, and to be fair, I love those. I love those games at the time. I loved those games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, by the way, uh, just for the record, sales numbers of Tomb Raider 2013 total is 11 million copies as of 2017. So, uh, just kind of throw that out there. I thought that was pretty pretty done, well done. Uh, they sold 3.4 million copies in the first four weeks, and. Square Enix said that that was a failure because they wanted it to sell 15 million copies in four weeks. And you're like, please, please. Call of Duty oh, doesn't so, even do those numbers in four weeks. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it, that's just... A, they were, they put yeah. that out. They thought that probably they were trying to do GTA numbers. And yeah. I'm like, uh, no, this is a reboot of an old franchise. They you should be happy with this, this game. First of all, it, like, it, with an a dead franchise a reboot and you know a a different take on a character that people have like no you know what i mean like this it's just a whole different genre of gamers yeah so i don't know what square enix wanted yeah i just just this was some crazy mess yeah uh, anyways, any final thoughts on Tomb Raider? Uh, I personally, this this whole trilogy is probably my favorite of the entire generation. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely I I definitely want to do Rise and or Shadow at some point for book club. Mm-hmm. But how do you guys I, feel about this? I need first of let's just say it. We need I need the trilogy on Switch. Second, I love the writing on the font on this, the the mm-hmm. Tomb Raider font on it. I really love that. Um, mm-hmm. Third, if anyone has seen the movie, uh, you kind of get an idea a little bit on some of the Tomb Raider games. Um, so if you like the games, check out the movie too. I, the, the newest one. If you want to mm-hmm. see the old ones, you can see that too. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this game. And uh, it's funny, like I said, it's funny that you mentioned that Corey playing Rise because I'm playing. Uh, when I get back to it, I'm doing Rise on hard mode on Xbox One, and then playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider on PS4. Like I own all three games on all all two platforms, and if it all came to Switch, I would give them my sixty dollars to it. But I do want to see what that Tomb Raider collection that was rumored to be coming. I want to see what that's going to be. I know that's, that's super interesting to me to that whole that whole thing and just like I really want to see what that's like. You know, I want to see. Oh, and, and Leron, I do love the Uncharted series. Just want to reiterate that I do love the Uncharted series. What did he say? Something in the chat? 
I don't know, <laughs> but I know he was watching it. Uh, that's the our uh, Gunner Hunter. Um, but I just want to let people know I do love the Uncharted series. I mean, uh, the Uncharted series. Trust me, I play each game when they came out. So it doesn't doesn't seem that I didn't play them and I wasn't fair to them. Um, but I feel like Tomb Raider playing these playing just playing the first one is just like man, everything about this game is just right. And I kind of wish that uh, I kind of wish that Naughty Dog like really played Tomb Raider and stole some ideas, not be inspired, like literally stole to the point where they'd be like, okay, this is literally Tomb Raider. I think they could have made some things better, but that is that. That's all I can say. But I, yeah, I, I love I love the series. I wouldn't mind doing a, a kind of like a episode. I don't know. How- how realistic this could be but like just do like a compare comparing the first uncharted game to this reboot like play through uncharted one and just kind of talk about it uh i don't know how realistic that is and i know jesse you don't own a playstation so like you know i don't know how realistic that could be but uh, (laughs) i don't know i i just i really love this series i love this game in particular i love the direction they took laura and i i hope that they make a fourth one right like i hope that somewhere you know after the the avengers comes out like uh, uh, crystal dynamics or idos montreal revisits tomb raider because it is it's a cool series i think it's a series that's needed i think it's a mm-hmm. you know it's it's what everybody wants uh mm-hmm. i mean not to like sound I, I i don't know not just i don't know what it's going to sound like but you know it to, to it's it's a it stars a female protagonist it's a single player action adventure game light rpg elements cool crafting stuff cool combat uh a decent enough story like it's, it literally checks the boxes of what everybody is is asking for and craving and and i just really hope they revisit it because it's definitely lara's a cool character and it's definitely one of my favorite franchises as of the last decade or so so yes uh, that on that on unre- the Unreal Five uh, uh, tech demo like shows us just just how good that that game could look in in something like that. Yeah, for real. Like I <laughs> you know, because that because that that if if I took anything from the Unreal uh, tech demo was that that they could make a really cool looking Tomb Raider game. Yeah. I think most people yeah. thought that too. Yeah. Yeah, because, dude, Shadow of the Tomb Raider looks crazy good. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, if you're playing on an Xbox One X and you have uh, enhanced visual mode on, boy, that is a, that's a great-looking video game, let me tell you. So, uh, Okay, so before we get out of here, our, our, Ed, do you want to tell everybody what our next book club game is and when we're, when we're doing that? Yes, so our next book uh, club game is Rhyme that we're playing for the month of August. You guys can find it on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PC, and on Switch. Uh, Our next discussion is going to be Okami. Um, That will be coming later on in the month. This is the game from Capcom uh, back in early 2002, I think, around. Um, The ones that we play is Okami HD, so if you haven't finished it, you do have time to play this game. Um, It's available on Xbox One, PS4, and Switch um, for it. So, But we do hope you guys play Rhyme with us. We want to see what you guys think about it. So you can email us at um, BossRushGamesPro.com 
gmail.com. Or you could come to our Facebook page, our Boss Rush Gangs, um, and leave us a tweet about. <laughs> I heard that laugh. Oh. Oh, I thought I was laugh. Um, no, uh, I, you could, uh, I'm. I have like a bunch of. I don't know. So, I, every, like I have a lot of stuff going into my face, and it yeah. just is like <laughs> I'm sniffling, I'm coughing, I'm sneezing. It's just, it's just. Yeah. I hope I don't have corona. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you guys could send us your thoughts also on Boss Rush Podcast on Twitter. We really want to know what you guys think because this is going to be a discussion that. I think it's going to be emotional in a sense, but it's also going to tell how gangs that, uh, where we mentioned gangs, you know, where a lot of narrative, like with Tomb Raider, what happens when the game don't have narrative, and but there is a, another way to tell the story. So do yeah. guys do play all of Rhyme and uh, yeah, and join us for that uh, discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for joining us for this book club. Uh, we're going to try to make this more, <laughs> you know, regular. I, I Again, I'm sorry we missed uh, July for that book club, but you can go back and check out our video game book club on Control, which we did in May. Uh, Control is a, is a game that I have been thinking about a lot lately that I, I kind of want to oh. go back to. <laughs> uh, Corey? Yeah. Yeah. Uh- kind of breaking news and you might like this too jesse uh warner brothers interactive entertainment remains a part of warner media and isn't being sold for now mm. oh i wasn't re- i didn't realize this was a new show ed <laughs> oh no uh because Aaron, just saying uh, <laughs> but, just it's still part of, but it's still part of but it's still part of gangs <laughs> so uh so anyways ed where can we find you you guys can f- uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at that Bretrico and Optional Opinion on SoundCloud and other podcast apps. And also check out Nintendo Pod Block, World One One Podcast on Poppy, and Bosch Rush Podcast here on Bosch Rush Games. Jesse. You can find me everywhere as Phantom NXS. And you can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find all of our content, including the Boss Rush podcast, every Monday morning on your podcast service of choice and on our on our website and YouTube. Please like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you consume our shows. You can find our family of shows on our website as well. Book Club, once a month, uh, we pick a game. If you have a game you want us to play or 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 check out, email us. Let us know tweet at us we want to we want to get the community involved that's kind of the idea of the book club uh, uh idea so what and, and one more everybody um next saturday um um what this, we made this... some either fits uh go ahead uh, i was just gonna say that all that stuff will be happening at after this before this post so oh okay no <laughs> um, so yeah um there's a future discussion kind of about that game so just wanted to let everybody know in case uh they don't see me next week so <laughs> all right uh so yeah this has been video game book club here on boss rush games i want to thank everybody for watching and or listening check out these games that we we were playing for book club they're really cool they're really fun hopefully the next game you'll play along with us uh, is okami like ed said and rhyme followed by mass effect uh, well, no, I think it isn't it Resident no, Evil Mass, two and three. No, Mass Effect for October for Halloween was Ma- was uh, Resident Evil two and three. 
Rhyme is this month, Okami was last month, Mass Effect is next month, Resident Evil is uh, for October. Uh, and it's the remake, everybody. Because uh, October, uh, uh, no- November is, uh, no, o- October is Resident Evil 2 and 3. November, November is, is com- Community, and December is a kind of class. Okay. Anyways, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next time on Video Game Book Club. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.